welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. All right, Joe, I want to jump into high school sports first this week um, because we've been talking a lot about college basketball, and I want to make sure we're focusing on our local teams here. Baseball, we were set up for a big week, and the Wilson hosting Riverheads game on Tuesday and then Wednesday both got canceled, so we didn't get that big matchup there, but we did get uh, big games on Friday. Wilson beating draft 14-7. to and then Riverheads beating Stanton seven to two. Stanton earlier in the week had beat Fort Defiance, which was a surprising um, finish just based on overall records and what our projections for the season did. But that was something I had been predicting that Stanton was going to beat some teams that you didn't necessarily just assume they were going to beat. And so there they were with the big first win. But also right there, Stewart's draft with Wilson that kind of tells the story. Uh, you know, the first step of a story for Stewart's draft that we. We were wondering, could they be in that upper group? And, you know, giving up 14 runs to Wilson, losing like that, you know, doesn't give you confidence that going forward that they're going to be as big a factor. Probably still capable of beating some teams, but, you know, winning more than they lose against that top tier might be tough for them. Right. And, look, you you just didn't want to start off on that back foot like that. And for Wilson to come in and have that kind of performance and score that many runs and then – I know Draft scored some runs of their own, but just really struggled to keep it together kind of in, in the ball game. Um, doesn't do well for them. I Look, I think I'm not ready to write Fort off yet, but Stanton getting that upset, again, when we're talking about how tight of a race we think this is going to be, it's the teams that Stanton nips at because they're not terrible. They're going to, if you're not playing your A game, they're going to beat you. Coach Loss is going to have those kids ready to play. When they nip up and get somebody, that puts them on the back heel because those other teams are going to be so competitive this year, whether it's Riverheads, Wilson, Gap. Um, I I think this really puts Fort behind the eight ball early in in terms of where that Shenandoah district is going to end up. One of the stories that I took out of these couple games, though, you know, Wilson's been giving up some runs this year. I think pitching was one of their strong suits last year. We kept hearing about the pitching staff that was getting set up for these future years, and last year might maybe it was a little bit ahead of schedule. Surprised that they haven't limited teams to fewer runs in this last stretch. I think they opened up the first couple games, kind of have a lower score in um, allowed, but it's kind of blown up since. So I'm interested to kind of see how that rolls. Looking forward to this week, though, Fort Defiance is that team that I'm kind of watching. I think they, you know, that's the team – there are two games this weekend district that I really want to see what happens with. They host uh, Riv- uh, Riverheads on Tuesday night, so around this time this podcast is coming out, and then they'll go to Stewart's Draft on Friday. So I think, you know, a lot of what we see learn about this district this week will include the Indians and, and the outcome of those two games. Yeah, and I think, you know, we're right now we still consider them in that top echelon of teams. Their job maybe got a little bit harder after losing to Stanton, but we still put them in that group. I think if they lose, I think if they don't sweep this week, we can take them out of that group. Yeah, I I agree, and especially I mean, that'd be a big win for draft. So I mean, the mm-hmm. Riverheads game, you, I mean they're the underdogs against Riverheads. Riverheads undefeated. Riverheads, you know, running on full cylinders, you know, pitching well, hitting. And that's well, not saying so. that I think they, you know, yeah, I'm not taking anything away from Riverheads saying that's a game I think they're going to lose. I'm just saying because of that Stanton loss, that's already one that, right. oh, we weren't expecting that. We need to beat the top teams when we play them, 
that, that's a top team. You got to beat them. And like you said, with Stewart's draft, if you, if you have another surprising loss, if you're right. for defiance, you're out. That's, that's the better win one. Uh, softball this week. Um, the big game coming up is what I'm looking at. There is the um, Stewart's draft at Fort on Friday. That's the two uh, higher teams in the district. Stewart's draft started out six and one here, two and zero in the district. Fort Defiance sitting at one and zero with five and zero overall. And so we know all the talent at Fort Defiance, but Stewart's draft might be waking us up to what they got on on the um, softball diamond there. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the outcome of that game on Friday because I, I I think that'll kind of lead us with you know this first little stretch who has that upper hand in the district yeah Stewart's draft is you know in softball has been so good and while we're talking about the Fort Defiance baseball team maybe starting off a little bit rocky the girls softball team has not and we we went into this season saying that's going to be your winner it's kind of a race for second place if Stewart's draft's able to get this win because they have kind of surprised us at how well they've gotten off to a good start if they're able to knock off Fort here early at Fort Wow. I mean, all of a sudden, it's game on the rest of the way. Jump into tennis. That's a sport we really haven't touched on. Even in our preview, we didn't touch on it much, especially on the boys' side. It's just been the the Wilson story there. They've wrapped up the district easily these last couple of years. And, uh, you know, last week beating Stewart's draft, loading up on them, which Stewart's draft's not having a, a great season there. Um, but here tonight, they take care of business. Um, they took care of, uh, excuse me, they, they took care of um, Wilson tonight. Um, and so that was good on the boy side. Now on the girl side, it was a little bit more of what you thought could be a competitive match there, uh, knowing that Fort Defiance, a really good uh, tennis program historically, Wilson very strong. I was surprised at the outcome there. Only the fact, not the fact that Fort won. Fort won 9 nothing. They won all nine matches. Uh, against the Wilson girls there. And and I probably would have predicted Fort winning just because of what they've done in the last couple of years and the, the historical value too. But I was surprised it was a 9-0 sweep. So both for, uh, you know, both of those were sweeps tonight. Wilson sweeping for the boys, Fort sweeping for the girls. So that's our quick look at the high school action. We got a lot coming up. We got some big soccer matches coming up in the next couple of weeks. That's kind of what we've been waiting for. Uh, some of that Fort Wilson on the girls' side, Stanton Wilson on the boys' side. So that's something to look forward to there. But let's talk about NCAA. We have a lot of different areas to cover here um, with the universities that we uh, care about. Let's start at Virginia Tech. The biggest news is on the diamonds, both diamonds. And let's start with the, the softball. You know, that was number three, Virginia Tech, heading down to number – or essentially, I think it was number four at the time. Number four, Virginia Tech, headed down to Florida State for a big weekend series. Virginia Tech came out slamming the softball, winning the first two games, and especially the game on Saturday, 23 runs on the number two team in the nation on their home field. Just an incredible showing for the Hokies down there early in the weekend. Now, Sunday, they did drop a close game that was 2-2 going into the sixth inning, and then the offenses woke up there, and it finished uh, an 8-6 Florida State win. But still, taking 2-3 from the number two team in the nation, if anybody was wondering, does Virginia Tech belong in that you know top five discussion, they do. They're beating Florida State, uh, a traditional program there. Virginia Tech moves up to number three. They're just behind. Um, they're behind Oklahoma and uh alabama i believe i have it written here somewhere and uh <laughs> they're they're right up there 
with those top teams and, and the whole top five is those teams that you're used to uh, hearing about. Um, it's Oklahoma, Alabama, Virginia Tech, number three, Florida State only drops down number four, and then UCLA. So that's great company for the for the Hokies there. And it's what I've been, you know, we've been predicting. We've been saying it. I keep bringing it up. This, this team's going to be playing late into May, as we saw JMU do a year ago. Uh, but Virginia Tech's going to have the target on their back at this point. They're going to they'll have beaten good teams by that point. They won't, you know, surprise anybody um, because, you know, they stated their case this week that they belong in that upper echelon. Yeah, they've played really well so far. And look, I, like you said, when they went down to Tallahassee and did what they did, I was like, oh, okay. Um, and I think Virginia Tech is now not only being that team that is expecting to host regionals and, and right. make it to the Women's College World Series again, they're going to be a super regional host if they keep playing like they are. You know, Florida State may have something to say about the ACC. That's going to be a tough battle when they get into that conference tournament. But, I mean, we just saw what they did going to Tallahassee. you got to think Virginia Tech's going to be a team that could potentially win the ACC in softball this year. Yeah, I, that's that's the hope, and uh, I think that proved they're capable of it. Yep. Uh, on the baseball diamond, Virginia Tech now ranked 21st because they beat then-ranked 21st NC State this weekend, two out of three, uh, winning the first two. Uh, but now the tough show in here, they're going to get uh, number two, Miami. They're hosting it at least. But number two, Miami's tough. UVA just found out that this past weekend getting swept by them. So, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be tough. It's an opportunity, though. And so it, it'd be nice if Virginia Tech can at least get one game out of that. Two would be real nice. So uh, that, there's an opportunity there for the Hokies to kind of wake up the attention on themselves in the, in the baseball side, too. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting showdown there. Uh, between Virginia Tech and Miami. Miami's a baseball program that had been down for a while, but is back this year in a big way. They're back. They're definitely back. This isn't a football back. This is a real back. Uh, on the football side, um, you know, spring game's coming up this week. I know you don't get too excited about the spring game. I'm not going to be able to make it down this year uh, because of, uh, I think, the same commitment you have. Uh, so, <laughs> um, uh, but uh, it's always a good time for those who are able to make it. You know, there's not a whole lot of read from the actual game. The interesting stuff I saw this week was, you know, the position changes. Um, Gunnar Givens is one of those guys that we covered on the radio this past year. We talked about him on the podcast. Lord Botetot, defensive line. He played both sides of the line and, uh, you know, had a real good high school career and earned himself that scholarship to Virginia Tech. He's there this spring, and uh, they've moved him to defensive tackle. I guess he came in as a – as a defensive end, he's been flopped around a little bit here, but they're going to leave him at defensive tackle now. That's his natural position. And, you know, I'm excited, you know, having called a game for him on the radio, uh, I, you know, I'm rooting for this guy to, to do well. And, and so we'll see what he's able to do. Um, the quarterback room also gotten shortened down. And I think that's kind of the point I wanted to get to with this, this discussion quickly here about Virginia Tech is there's just a whole different approach to – the quarterback situation than what we've had the last five years with Fuente and where Fuente, it just seemed he was, he never wanted to, he wasn't naming a quarterback until September. And even when a guy started the previous year, he still put him through all of spring, all of August in the competition and, and not saying that guys won't push each other with under Brent pride, but he sees the value in, you know, having that leader and having that guy, you know, narrow the guys down and take more snaps, but also, you know, maybe give the reins to somebody. And he said, maybe at the end of spring, I might name a starter. And I, I was encouraged by that, you know, not saying one way is necessarily right or wrong, but the other way wasn't working. So I, I like on the heels of that, that he's open to a different approach. And uh, I like the idea of, of going into August 
with, you know, a starter in hand. And, uh, you know, they narrowed it down for the two guys that committed late to us here, uh, transferring from Marshall and South Carolina. Both have on-field experience. You know, we didn't have any value of that in the room already. Uh, the only guy playing quarterback uh, late – well, not the only guy, but one of the guys playing quarterback late in the season um, had some big plays against UVA. They moved him to tight end. And then, uh, you know, these guys are apparently better than Which is the, the other guys in the room. So it just shows you that we were left with an empty cupboard there. And uh, I basically put the ball on the tee for you to tear apart Fuente real quick. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't think it was just even necessarily <laughs> not naming the quarterback. I think it was picking the wrong one when he did. And then there the last year, I mean, he didn't have anyone. It didn't matter well, who he I picked. I don't know why when you had Hooker, when you did have Hooker coming back. Yeah, I don't know well, why you don't name him the starter. Just name him. I don't yeah. know why you don't just name him the starter. I don't know why you do this whole back and forth. We don't know. We're going to split time. That just that was never good. And then you see what happens when Hendon Hooker transfers, goes to Tennessee, has you know actual people helping him and improving him and coaching him, and all of a sudden he is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I saw a good point on social media today talking about how. This is the first time we've had in a while the offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach be a different person. Usually it's offensive mm-hmm. coordinator slash QB coach. And I, I like the I like the point that they made that's that's two people, you know, with individual attention towards the quarterback. Because obviously your quarterback coach, that's that's their position. Sure. But the offensive coordinator, it all runs through the quarterback. So you're gonna have that much more attention on that position. I like it. Um, I'm encouraged. You know, I I do think quarterback's a question mark just because I haven't seen them in maroon and orange playing. Um, but I'm, I'm optimistic cause I'm optimistic about everything in general. So, uh, that's where I'm riding with the hookies. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So, in uh, over in Charlottesville, the baseball team had the rough weekend. Um, and just mentioning that, not trying to drive that home. Um, but they only dropped to eighth after the sweep, but they're looking ahead to at the Virginia tech series coming up at the end of the month. I know we'll talk about that as we lead into that. Cause just the rivalry there. But the other big news out of Charlottesville was they had, you know, Arch Manning on campus this weekend. And that's Peyton Manning's nephew. That's Cooper's son. Um, He was on campus and, you know, that's he's there. You know, you can't you can't really rip that apart too much. There's not a lot of room. Tony Elliott's what makes that happen. That's that's the offensive coordinator from Clemson coming into your school as your new head coach and bringing guys that he's already developed a relationship with at the previous place here all the better for you. That's why that's a reason you hired him is that it's, that he's done the job um, away from there. So I thought that was an interesting thing that the schools that Arch Manning has visited since the football season ended Georgia, Alabama, Texas. So very much blue bloods there. And this UVA sticks out from that. And so that could be a good thing. I, I don't see it happening. I just don't. I seen him all last fall going to different sec schools and, and the, prestige that the sec brings i just don't see it happening and this isn't necessarily me slamming on uva right now this is me saying i don't think he's coming to the acc unless it's clemson or something and i I don't think that's happening i just i think he's gonna want to be in the spotlight and we all know this the lights the brightest on the sec well and that's you know the family pedigrees in the sec whether it's at tennessee or Ole miss right i wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't go to one of those two like the Georgia idea wouldn't Georgia or Alabama or Texas. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all of those are going to be sec schools. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what he does, but Hey, that's, that's UVA's football being in the spotlight this weekend for a good reason. So, you know, that's well, and Hey, if nothing else, they got the, the five-star quarterback in the door. Right. And and that can help 
open up doors for other five-star quarterbacks. So, And then speaking of top-notch recruits, I mean, they had local – um, mm-hmm. local player there, Sam Burnell, she's transferring out of Notre Dame. She went on UVA for a visit and immediately committed there. And so obviously being closer to home must have been a priority. There was talks about her also visiting JMU. But that's a huge get for UVA basketball, who is down, very down. And to get a local, you know, top-notch player, McDonald's All-American player, um, who has played at Notre Dame and, and played it played well. Yes. And yeah. to get her back in the gym there, that uh, immediately gives some pop to that UVA basketball team that has not been there. So that that's a good get. So a good recruiting weekend for UVA. Absolutely. The bad news was down at JMU that their top prospects, Chase DeLautner, he's injured with a broken foot. DeLauder. So he's going to be DeLauder. Sorry, I typo. Of, yeah. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> this is where uh, this this job uh, messes me up with names. But he's awesome. He's going to be drafted high in the Major League Baseball draft. He's hurt with a broken foot. This could have could you would not see much more of him now uh, in that uniform. And and you know they're seventeen and fourteen on the season, and so not making the resume that they needed for postseason success or anything, but. They had a bright spot there, and I'm really sad that, that he's not going to be on the field anymore for him here for, for at least a little bit here, if, if ever. Yeah, that's uh, I saw that it was termed indefinitely, so yeah. um, you don't know what that means yet. That's a bummer for JMU. It's a bummer for him. Um, I do think with the numbers he's put up, a broken foot is not going to kill his draft stock. I, I think people have oh, seen yeah. what they need no. to see here uh, with him with his time here at JMU this year, uh, his time at the Cape Cod over the summer. Um, they've kind of seen what they need to see at this point. I mean, he was batting 437 with eight homers and 35 RBIs yeah. just in the, you know, 31 Well, he was tied he- for most home runs in the Cape Cod League yeah. last summer, so it's not like it was a flash in the pan or anything. They and know what broken, they need to know. A yeah. broken foot's a broken foot. It, it heals in your back. Yeah, this it's not, it's not some ligament injury or, or something like that. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I, I think his draft stock will be fine. The only question is if he'll play for JMU again or not. Yeah, obviously. With no postseason or the ability to need to play for a postseason down right. the stretch. There's no hurry can't. for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So in basketball, with the tournament wrapped up, we've been talking a lot about that. But just a couple things um, from Gonzaga. Timmy, he declared for the draft. LSU, all their players are gone. But the interesting thing, the guy that kind of no one knew about, uh, Doug uh, Edert from St. Um, Peter's, he was the star, one of the stars of that team that went all the way to the Elite Eight there, or uh, the uh, Sweet 16. Elite Eight. Elite Eight, sorry. Yeah, he, they did win on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, they made it all the way there. He was one of their leaders. Well, their coach left, you know, at midnight that night. <laughs> Uh, but to go to his alma mater, so not completely crazy. But they've had a lot of transfers out. That guy, uh, Edert, he came out of there, and he's going to go to Bryant. And that was another team that had a lot of um, interest because they were in one of the play-in games this year. So I was surprised he stayed at a low major. I was surprised with the fame that he got um, and his play that he didn't you know, take a shot at even, even a mid-major or something higher than that even. So I'm surprised he's kind of stayed in a one-bid league. Um, but, you know, that guy's got a lot of talent. So there's a cha- – you know, people will be looking at him next year as, as they approach tournament time and, and conference championships and seeing if, if he can make magic happen at a different school. 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of build what St. Peter's had. I don't know. I mean, it just seems to me kind of like you said, and maybe it's a fit thing. Maybe it's a, he, that was his second choice. If he didn't go to St. Peter's or whatever, and he likes the coaches or whatever. You just don't know. Teammates there. Yeah, Yeah. You just don't know. You don't know. Staying on the hardwood. We have not talked about NBA at all this year. That's I I looked back and I don't think we even made preseason predictions. That's fine. (laughs) This regular season's over. So now's the time. Uh, we have the play-in games this week, which the Lakers will not be involved with. They've fired their head coach, and LeBron, I guess, will pick the next one and who he gets to play with. But we get play-in games, and then the regular playoffs starting this weekend. Who do you got in the NBA Finals? Well, the real interesting part was you had Milwaukee basically throwing games to not get that two-seed. They did not want to be the two and potentially face the Nets in the first round. I think the Nets will beat the Cavs uh, in the 7-8. So I think the Nets are the seven. Then I think the Hawks will beat the Hornets. And you're picking everything. And then I think... (laughs) I haven't even thought about all this. Yeah, then I think the Hawks will beat the Cavs. And I have the Hawks being the eight. Now, big picture because I'm not going to go through each of these series. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> um, big picture, in the East, I still think Milwaukee's going to be that team. Um, I just think, as much as I like Miami, I just think come crunch time, they're a little dicey. And so for that reason, I just I want Giannis. I want Chris Middleton. I'll take the Bucks. Out West... Chew, chew on the West for a second. I'll respond okay. to your I agree with you. I thought I was going to pick Milwaukee, and you weren't. I thought you'd ride Miami um, because I was hoping you hadn't paid attention uh, because you are generally positive about Miami, but they've they've had some struggles this year at, at the wrong times. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though they're still a one seed, um, that was a lot of their early work, not their late work. Uh, Boston, I've, I've heard a lot of talk about Boston down they've the stretch They've got an injury, here, though. But I don't believe in them. And so I agree with you. Milwaukee is who I have coming out of the East as well. The West. Uh, my brain says the Suns. I'm not your brain, but yeah. <laughs> but I kind of want Golden State. Uh, all right. Take them. I'll take the Suns. But I got the Suns winning it. Yeah, you're probably right. I got the Suns beating the Bucks. That would be a rematch of last year's finals. I'll take I the I'll take the Warriors to beat the Bucks. Okay, so we're both taking West teams. Philly is that other team I had a point to. You know, they had that midseason trade with Simmons, and they got um, Harden there, and it, everything was supposed to come together. It hasn't, and I don't think uh, May is going to be the time when it comes together for them. So. Yep. Um, Unless they surprise me. Memphis is a team I want to root for. I, I, I like them flying under the radar. Uh, I'd love to see them in a Western Conference final. Probably not going to happen, but I'd love to see it. Um, but I, I, there's a lot to like in Memphis. No. All right. So on to the, the negative part of the podcast. Then we'll see if we can turn it around. Um, so, Dwayne Haskins, I assume everybody listening has heard the news that uh, 
backup quarterback for the Steelers, Dwayne Haskins, uh, was killed on early Sunday morning um, as a pedestrian by a, by a dump truck. Just terrible. I, I don't know the right way to talk about this. It's just sad. It's just really sad that this guy that was working so hard to, to kind of regain what he had coming into the league, um, that it's cut short. And from all accounts, these last couple of years, he's, he's really been making the efforts to be in the right light. And that, I think, brings up what's kind of even more sad around this is that the coverage of this has been talking about what he hasn't done in a professional. It's been led with that. And I, I hate that. Um, when I heard the news, I, just, I, was, I was upset that a young football player has passed away. Um, just the same as a young anybody I know of passing away, I'd be upset um, to hear it and in, in a pretty tragic way. But then to immediately get met with like some media outlets kind of telling the news, leading with his lack of on-field productivity, I thought was very unfortunate. And of course, they've come back and apologized and corrected themselves. And and I and I get mistakes happen, but I I think this is going to be a hopefully a good lesson for her, for these people that cover the sport to to look at the people first. And, and when we're talking, I mean, I, I'm not above this. I mean, even in this conversation, I've, I've made reference to, to building back for him on this podcast in the past. I've, I've talked about, Hey, you know, having him at, at the Steelers was, you know, more of like a building thing for him. I feel bad about what I've said now because in the past, because it got real, this is life. And this is a, a guy that, you know, wasn't getting in trouble off the field and he wasn't apparently doing anything wrong on Sunday morning either. And you just hate to hear this, but I just hate that we take these professional athletes and, and whittle it down to what they do on the field as, as talking about their, or their worth or their place in society. And, and I think it's shown the light of myself that I think I did that. I think I did that in these last couple of months, I've made reference because the Steelers have needed to fill the quarterback room. And, and it's made me look at myself a little different. Now, I don't think I was as um, negative as some of the guys on social media were yesterday or radio hosts were. And so I, I, I'll take that, that I, at least I wasn't uh, that negative before this happened. Um, but to be negative after this has happened, I just, I really, whew, it's that's an approach. So uh, a very sad situation um, for the league, much less the Steelers, uh, the Washington football team, Ohio State, everywhere that he's been a part of uh, to lose the, the presence that he had at those places and the impact he's had on communities, teams, teammates, coaches. And uh, it's a it's a big loss. Yeah. And, and look, uh, I understand you feel bad about maybe what you have said before but i mean that's kind of your role right like we're doing a podcast and if you're if i'm asking you what do you think about the Steelers quarterback situation like you're you're supposed to answer that and you're supposed to answer honestly and, action. Yeah, yeah and that's fine now obviously since then this is a different thing now and none of that matters yeah, yeah none of that <laughs> matters and so i think that's where the problem on social media was was some of the people who had continued to go down that line of thinking and reporting and it's just like uh there's a time and a place and this isn't it like um but this yeah this story is sad and uh it just reminds you that as you said it 
it does remind you that these athletes are people too. And, um, they're mortal. They're not, you know, sometimes we think of these athletes as, you know, larger than life and indestructible people, but they're very mortal. And, um, you never know when, uh, you're just not going to have that person there anymore. You know, and we talk a lot about mental health of these athletes, this kind of pressure, this kind of, you know, a snow globe of a life that these guys and girls live in, these athletes live in, you know, this is a great example of what's impacting the mental health of these, these athletes is that they get referenced and treated this way and talked about this way. And then they hear it. They're not, they're not deaf. Yeah. And, you know, if you could say off Twitter, all you want, we're still going to get back to you of some of the stuff that's said about you. And so I just think it's, I think this is something that's going to be able to get pointed to of like, this isn't how we handle the situation. We got to be above this. We got to, we got to clean it up. So um, hopefully something can come out of, uh, out of this terrible thing that, that like that, but it's definitely not worth it. So let's turn this, uh, try to find some positive here. Let's uh, let's talk to James. We have to bring James Hickey on now because it's been a long time in the making. To, to, so the listeners know, I've had James Hickey's name on a list of people I want to get on this podcast based off of what I know about James and, you know, being around him a couple times, and but following him on Twitter and Facebook, interacting enough. So when we had the contest for brackets, all of a sudden I see Facebook messages on from James not messages, just postings of I'm really trying hard at this bracket so I can get on the extra buckets. I was like, I've wanted, I'd wanted you on the whole time. So James, <laughs> thank you for finally waking me up enough to just reach out to you. And we're glad to have you on. You didn't, you didn't earn your way on by the way of the bracket. Neither did Joe or I, we should not be on the show this week, but um, we will, we are glad to have you because you were plugged into all the sports, or, you know, a lot of the sports that we care about, uh, especially all the stuff you do up at JMU. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, I had no, the bracket, my bracket challenge, I think lasted about 45 minutes. And then it was <laughs> great dumpster fire. And uh, I stopped checking it after day one because I knew it was a blaze. And it was, uh, it was bothersome when you were complaining about how bad your bracket was and how far behind you I was. That, that was bothersome <laughs> to me. That's a bad sign. That's a really bad sign. <laughs> and uh, I tried harder this year on the bracket than I've ever tried before. I had, I had a formula. I had stats and built an Excel sheet and it was the worst bracket I've ever made. <laughs> I feel that I, I study, you know, I, I normally just, I normally go chalk all the way across, but I was, you know, those eight, nine games I was studying. Oh, maybe that this one might pull this, you know, and, and yeah. One of those eights went to the uh, national championship game. So yeah. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, James, just, so in case, unlike me or Joe, who follow you on Facebook and, and see you interacting with us, um, I, I want other listeners to know what all you do and, and um, all your active jobs right now. Before we dive into the past, what what are you up to now and uh, all the cool things that you do? So at uh, JMU, um, for football, men's and women's basketball, I am the in-game promotions host. So I do the hopefully funny bits in between gameplay. When the uh, lobsters running and stuff. Right when the lobsters running, or you know they're trying to hit me with uh, the t-shirt cannon or or things like that. Um, 
and I also do the, as part of that, I do the starting lineups because we've kind of stolen that from the NBA teams who are doing that now. You have a second guy doing the, doing the lineup, so I do that. Um, and I also do the Marching Royal Dukes. I'm their PA announcer in the fall. Um, and then I'm also the PA announcer for women's volleyball, women's swimming and diving, and softball. Um, so those are my main assignments right now there. Then at Fort Defiance High School, I do varsity football, uh, varsity boys basketball, and I've been doing girls soccer there for 16 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah that's, that's when, we, when we go back, that's, that's where you'll pick up. That's, that's how it all starts, is, or this chapter starts at Fort. Um, and then uh, during the summer, when you think I'd rest up, um, I have done, and here's your semi-breaking news right here on the yak. Uh, I'll be back with the Stanton Braves of the Valley yes. Base this summer. Uh, I took last year off, uh, partially due to COVID, partially my son last year was 15, and I knew life would change at 16, like he'd get a job, get a car, and I'd be even as even more unnecessary than I used to be, so that. That came to pass. We hung out last summer, and by the second week of July, I was like, "Why did I take the summer off?" Uh, so, so I've spoken. he already thinks I'm I'm unneeded. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so now with a with a job and with a car, it, you know, it has come to pass. So I had reached out. Actually, I think before last season was even over, we had cut a deal for me to come back. Yeah, I'm excited to get back to Moxie in the easy bake oven that is the moxie stadium press yes, box um because if you've never been in there before it's averages 110 degrees um and we have an air conditioner that blows exactly four feet so you there there's no relief but yeah i'm looking forward to that because that's i always tell folks um especially the young people i work with at jmu i'm very when i walk in at a jmu event i'm very spoiled there's typically a staff member to, there's already a staff member running the music and the script is written and the SIDs, the sports information directors hand me the information, you know, all I have to do is talk. That's really, that's it. And obviously anyone who's listened for the last two minutes can tell I can just talk all day long. That's not a problem. <laughs> but at the state at a Stanton Braves game, okay. I'm the PA I'm running the music. Uh, I'm picking the lucky numbers for the contests you know, it's a whole, it's a lot more moving parts and it's all night long. Um, I kind of feel like a cook at a Waffle House. All I'm looking to do is just move as fast as possible and be ready in time for the next pitch to be thrown. So, yeah, I'm excited. That's, uh, I'm looking forward to it this summer. Got to get some fresh music on the uh, playlist. Uh, yes, Leland, you can go ahead and start. Oh, I'm some- telling Joe to talk because Joe, Joe, Joe has experience. No, I've been up in that press box last summer. It was, yeah. Yeah. It's not fun. I mean, gosh. Yeah, when the sun's shining in there, I mean, you're thinking like, oh, this is how I'm going to die. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And especially when the, and right at the point where you're looking and the sun is getting ready to drop Mm -hmm. over the hill in center field and you're like, there's going to be relief. There's going, and but then the sun goes down and the air doesn't move and you're still baking. Yeah. And it, yeah, I, I feel that, but I love, I like, I, like I said, I missed it last summer. I missed it really bad. Um, 
Well, I'm glad to be sharing the press box with you this summer. That's going to be fun. Yes, I'm we're yeah, definitely going to have fun. Uh, some stories you'll have to uh, keep to yourself. Others you're welcome to share. Uh, we'll, <laughs> yeah, for we'll sure. We'll figure that out as it goes. Yeah, for sure. But, um, you know, I wanted to talk to you about just your, you know, when you said you started at Fort and with the girls' soccer, what led you from Fort kind of take us on that journey to where you are now and how you got involved at JMU? Well, uh, we'll back all the way up. So Good, because uh, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I grew up. Where were you born? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm originally from Long Island. Um, so um, first athletic claim to fame is I went to high school with Sue Wicks, who is a women's college basketball Hall of Famer. Um, I was a freshman. She was a senior. I rebounded for Sue a lot. Uh, she went on to a huge international career and then played when the WNBA started. Yeah. She played for the uh, New York Liberty. Um, yeah, she was born just a little too early. If she had been born later, you know, she'd have had a 15-year run in the WNBA. So anyway, so we loaded up and moved here to the Shenandoah Valley in 84, just in time for Kevin Madden's state title run at Robert E. Lee High School. So I did a half year at Lee, then three years at Riverheads, where nothing really notable happened. We'll just pass that chapter and move on to... Make up for it since, James. Yes, I'd be right, exactly. <laughs> so um, when I was in college, I was at Blue Ridge, um, and my uncle was a horse trainer here in the area, and he and some business partners decided to throw a set of horse shows. And they needed somebody who'd work cheap, course the nephew will work cheap so that was my first my first PA job was I did a set of horse shows here and that led into um there was a trainer from the Radford area who had come to our show and he was throwing his own shows at his stable down in Radford and needed a PA announcer and that was great because of course you know that the first job obviously was nepotism the second job was based on that I did well enough in this other gig that I earned that gig and that turned into horse shows. So I did those for a couple of years and then they dried up. Meanwhile, a friend of mine who had gone to Blue Ridge with me had moved to Charlotte to go to broadcasting school and he had gotten a job at the country music version of WKRP. Uh, it was a seven, seven person station, I think total. So he was the news director, the sports director, the morning show host, you know, and on Tuesdays, he cleaned the bathroom. So I would go to visit and he'd just throw me in the booth. You know, I need, hey, I need to do this, that, and that. Why don't you do an hour? So all of a sudden I'm, you know, doing like the tag sale and, and playing a little country music. So I did that, um, you know, just a couple weekends a year, just, it was a gag more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, but that led into, through a friend, um, a job as a production assistant at WBTV, the CBS affiliate in Charlotte. Um, so three weekends a year for four years, I would leave my day job, drive 90 miles an hour to get to the speedway and literally hoofing it down, up and down pit road as a production assistant um, which was fun because I got to, you know, I got accosted by the Secret Service when Bob Dole was the Grand Marshal. 
Um, you know, I got to meet all of those NASCAR legends, Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt Sr., all of those guys. Just those were the three best weekends of my year. Those were those weekends. And I would uh, come home and lay my photos on folks and it'd be like, you didn't really do all that. I'm like, oh, yes, I did. Um, and actually the last year, because of the Carolina Panthers coming into his existence, um, they left us shorthanded at the track. So the field producers like, well, we need one more reporter. Well, James can hold a microphone. He won't screw it up. I'm like, okay. So now the next thing I'm holding the mic and you, you know, everyone knows you've seen those NASCAR interviews. It's not really an interview. You literally just say, not the way you wanted the day to end and hold it in front of their face. And they're just going to say what they're going to say anyway. So, so I did, so that we did that and then that dried up. And then in 2005, uh, John McClure, who is now the girls soccer coach at Turner Ashby, but um, is of course also the winningest, pardon me. I have to always do this when I introduce coach McClure, the winningest coach in Fort Defiance girls soccer history. Um, he just came to me and said, man, uh, I need a PA announcer. So the next thing you know, eight nights a year, I'm doing girls soccer. And then the magic happened in August of 2014. Mark Mace, who was the AD at Ford at the time, still assistant principal, but was AD then. He gets a call from a young lady in the marketing department at JMU. Uh, let me back up a half step. From 2005 to, to this phone call, every couple of years, I'm reaching out to JMU. Hey, you need somebody? Hey, I'm local. Hey, call me. Hey, I'll call Tiddlywinks if you want. I don't care. I want to work at JMU. And, and they were always polite, but no, not hiring right now. So in August of 14, Mace gets this call. Hey, we need somebody to do women's volleyball. Do you know somebody? He immediately lays it on like I am cubic zirconia on QVC. He sells me lock, stock, and barrel. I got a guy. He bleeds purple. He's going to call you back in under 15 minutes. Boom. And that's how I started. And that's, that's awesome. So I started with volleyball. And when I walked in the office to do my paperwork, they're like, hey, what are you doing this spring? And like my head is swimming anyway, because I'm standing in the university marketing office, signing my employment paperwork. And I'm like, well, I'm committed to do Fort softball because I had done Megan Good's senior year at Fort and I was going to do it again that year. And they're like, well, we need somebody to do softball. You're hired. I'm like, okay, fair enough. I, I haven't even done a game yet. And already you're throwing me at <laughs> But then we get to my, so... Uh, you know, women's volleyball. I had never called volleyball. The last time I saw volleyball was when I took it as a PE elective at Blue Ridge in 1988. The rules had changed 180 degrees, you know, rally scoring, yeah. all of the. So for a week, I'm watching ESPNU at two o'clock in the morning, trying to hear the PA announcer, trying to pick up the rhythm, anything that's going to help me out. And I got squats. So come, <laughs> come the first match, and I know our fans would not believe if they weren't in the room that day. That first match was a – so it's, we host a tournament 
you know, not, you know, out of conference tournament. It's typically a team that's slightly better than us, a team that's about our speed and a team that's slightly lower than us. You know, that way everybody gets to play everybody. And that way you get a good rhythm for where your squad is, you know, after three games with varying levels. So and, and it, it's funny, you hear me rattle off and I remember everything, but I have blocked which two teams it was in that game. So I start. Evidence. They're, they're witnesses. I, I exactly could. I, I am horrible. And the only advice I've gotten is don't be too fast. Don't be too slow. And I'm like, I had no idea what it meant. And I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm talking over whistles. I've got officials staring at me and I'm just like, I'm not going to survive this. I'm sweating. I'm, I'm sweating worse than Moxie stadium on a July night. I'm dying. And what I don't know, I didn't find out until years later is that the young lady who's sitting next to me doing the music, our boss is actually in the stands because he wanted to see how I was doing they were actually discussing replacing me because I was, I was that bad. So the match ends, I'm drenched in sweat. I walk out of the gym in caddy corner. I'm headed to the men's room because I just, my head's spinning and off in the distance in the vestibule at the end of the hallway is my dream. The dupes are standing there. The girls are all wearing their, a dark, see, I remember this, the dark gray long sleeve t-shirts with the Duke dog outline on the shirts. And I walk into the men's room. And if you haven't been in Godwin Hall, it was built in the early 1970s. So the bathroom stalls are all four feet tall. You can see who's using the stalls. I walk in the room and I see that I'm by myself. I turn the water on, I look myself in the mirror, and out loud, I am, you are watching your dream slip away. Get your head out of your keister, not the word I used, and do your job. I splash water on my face, quick towel. I look at myself, and my head is clearing now because I've yelled at myself. I walk back into the... Jim, I sit down, and the girl, Morgan, and I, we're still friends. She works up in Harrisonburg in uh, finance. And uh, she looks at me, and she's like, are you okay? And she, like, touches my hand because she can tell now that I'm pale and I'm, you know, because I'm not breathing. And I looked at her, and I said, young lady, we may have problems in this room this season, but I will never be your problem again. And she's like, okay. So she slides me the script and I make a point to not look at it. I'm watching the girls warm up. I'm distracting myself, clearing my head. The clock gets to 11 minutes. She's like, one minute. I said, okay. We get to 10 minutes. I flip the script over. Boom. It sounds like it sounds every time. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Godwin Hall. I'm just tearing through the script. Bang, bang, bang. I get about halfway down page one, and I hear her whisper, damn. 
And it, I had, I had valid everything Mark Mace had said, I'd validate it. I, I could do this if you gave me a second. And that's it, match picked it right up. I'm getting the rhythm with the officials. We're moving right along. And there you go. A star is born. That was, <laughs> that's, that's how it started. And I've been very fortunate, especially, well, I've been fortunate with all of it. You, if you look at the list, so I've worked every sport at JMU at least once, except field hockey, track and field, and the golfs. I've done everything else at least once. Well, because who's announcing the golfs? I mean, is there even an announcer? No, it? there is no announcer. In fact, you're, <laughs> what, what the next question would be is, what the heck would you do at tennis? Uh, yeah. <laughs> tennis, I do their senior day. So I come. Okay. It's, it's you know, 15 minutes at best. But, you know, I, the tennis players deserve just as much love. Sure. Yeah. As the basketball players or the football players. And I make a point to wear my marching Royal Dukes polo shirt and I make sure my credential is on so that they get the same treatment the other student athletes get and the band students get because on the last night of football season, I do the band senior night. We do that after the game. So a lot of folks have left, but their families and friends and I give those band kids the student athlete treatment because they earned it too. Everybody, everybody deserves one good intro in their life. And that, that's like my number one goal. And those, and the band, you know, they've, they've adopted me as one of their own. You hear them. If you've come to a basketball game this season, when I walk in, they chant my name. It's like, it's like Norm at cheers. I throw my hand up. <laughs> James, James. I'm, I'm, I, finally, I tell them to shush. I'm like, guys, y'all gonna let it go. It's Okay. I'm here. I love y'all. Leave me alone. We're good. So that's, uh, that's, uh, that's what it is right now. So the, you, you battle the same problem that Joe and I do is that you have to have this stuff to do between nine and five. What, yes. what, what do you do that, you know, keeps the lights on? Uh, I am a secretary at a large major, at a major food manufacturer in the area. Let's leave it that way. Okay. Okay. Um, they, they make, uh, they make cakes and cookies and things. Uh, yeah, you figured it out. Yeah. And yes, she's real. She's actually my boss's boss's boss. And she thinks I'm funny. So we're good. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's the nine to five. And I have a very, very supportive supervisor. Uh, for instance, tomorrow we have a, softball doubleheader against the Duke Blue Devils at one o'clock. So I'm using half a vacation day to go do tomorrow's game or tomorrow's doubleheader. Um, you know, a lot of places wouldn't let you take, you know, you take a half day, you'd, you, you know, it would take an act of Congress to take a half day, but I, I'm very fortunate. My job is kind of, it's not, the time is flexible and, you know, I work, you know, for instance, I worked Sunday night so that tomorrow wouldn't be as much of a burden, not just on the time, but actually on my work. So I'm, my stuff's caught up. That's good. That's good. Um, so you, you hit your high school stuff. Uh, and so you graduated from Riverheads. Yes. But you've been at Fort for a long time calling. So, 
so which color are we bleeding here? We're, you know, if we're talking local, all in the Shenandoah district now, like, are, are you, are you an Indian or are you a gladiator? Um, uh, um, God rest Max Swift's soul. Uh, I, I'm an Indian. Oh, uh, um, my, my high school and you know, people from my high school past, um, read Tracy cash. Um, <laughs> well, you her know, son played the intro for you here. So <laughs> my, my, my high school story is a little lumpy. I have nothing against Riverheads, but yes, I've been, you know, I was there for three years. I've been at Riverheads. I mean, I've been at Fort Defiance, you know, for 16 years. Yeah. I got uh, and especially my son, you know, my, uh, my soon to be ex-wife, she went to Fort Defiance. And so it was important for her that he go to Fort Defiance. So he went to Climore, he went to Stewart, and now he's at Fort. Uh, so really your next question is, when he crosses the stage next May, do I retire? Hmm. Ooh. Wow. How much news are we going to break on this thing, James? I don't know. You, well, it depends on how important this news really is. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm certainly going to take the opportunity to rethink the schedule. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, You're doing so much at JMU too, so. Yeah, uh, they keep me pretty busy. Uh, if folks ask how I keep it all together. It's a spreadsheet that I have to email myself every 96 hours, regardless of the time of year, because it changes. For instance, I mentioned track and field is something I haven't done yet. Our track and our one home track and field meet is this Saturday. They've already reached out. Hey, our regular guy might not be available. Are you, can we put you on standby? Would you be interested? Um, and of course, knowing that it's one of the last ones I need to complete the career yeah. ripper, I might, but I was also thinking it's a, uh, I, I don't even know if I have my son this weekend, so I might be free to do something else, but I think we all know I'm going to end up at the track meet. <laughs> right. I, I don't say no. That's I've built the last eight years on, I don't say no to them. I've, I've been in meetings at the day job and the phone go off, baseball, 1 p.m., we need you. And the next thing you know, I'm taking a half day running out of the office, driving the 45 minutes at warp two so that I can be in the chair 10 minutes before a baseball game starts. Uh, I don't say no to them. So that's because you ask what, what I bleed. Do I bleed red or blue? I be, I believe purple. Um, that's that mixture, isn't it? And that, doesn't that work out nicely? Yes. <laughs> there you go. So, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, it was a little different. I don't know. The girls' soccer, I've been there so long that you'd be able to flip it and say, well, I'm the tie now, you know, because I've outlasted everybody. <laughs> athletic directors, head coaches, had athletic trainers, multiple generations of kids. I mean, you know, I've got, there are kids who played my first year. They have kids. Yeah. And they are and some of them I think are on our current JV team. So, so James, before we got going, we were catching up on a couple things and I made the point to you that, 
you know, I, I think doing the PA stuff, especially the way, you know, the, all the stuff that you do, um, especially with the fan interaction stuff um, on the field, and you can see the people's reaction. I think that's so much harder in my mind than what I do for radio and especially this podcast where I'm sitting at home. Um, I, I just think that's so much harder because, like, you, you get instant feedback. Uh, and, and you also are dealing with people not necessarily paying attention to you, uh, at least in, on radio. I, I just assume everybody's just hanging on every word I say. But I, what's what's your aspect of that? Do you think you think you got it harder than me, or, or? Um, you know, I it's and it's not that because when it, when you boil it all down, we're we're all doing you know the same thing. It, it's you have to be able to think fast and talk and not get stuck. Uh, but it's when you involve other people. Um, yeah, I, I got two quick ones. For instance, you both recall our recent men's basketball game against the University of Virginia. Um, I believe I remember that one, yes. You remember that one? Yeah, the place was a little loud, and and it was early in the season, and, you know, we hadn't really – also, the person who's my boss at basketball, um, he was fairly – he's fairly new to the university, or at least he was in the fall, um, so he didn't know – that you can trust me and I won't blow the show up. Um, you know, he held his breath, but he knew it would be okay. But some of our fans may have had, of course, you know, it's different at the Atlantic Union Bank Center in that you can have libations. You can't have that at softball or volleyball, but you can at basketball. You can toss back beverages left and right. So when it came to do one of the segments and I chose the kid who was wearing the the James Madison costume complete with powder wig. So I'm waiting for them to come to me and I am muttering under my breath. You all, I'm going to tell you now the first expletive, the screen is going to change and I'm out. As long as you keep it clean, they'll stay on me until I stop talking. I promise you'll be on the board for a while as long as you don't yell curse words. And they're like, dude, <laughs> yeah. And we get to the segment. And of course, you know, that was the time with involving CBS Sports Network. The times were a little bit tighter. You know, sometimes we have 10 seconds to, to meld into something. But yeah. this game, we had to go. We had to stay on time down to the second. And they, the, Cameraman tells me we're on. I look up video board. I start talking. And with even with my bad hearing, three rows back, I hear a half an expletive and I start talking a little bit louder. And, you know, and I don't, that place is loud enough and I'm naturally loud enough. I don't want to have to bellow into because I'm determined to talk over this kid because I'm not going to have this ruined. For the other 12 kids who want to be in the shot and the one girl behind us is taking pictures of the board with 12 different phones to make sure everybody gets the picture of them on the and i'm just thinking to myself if i hear it i have to stop and sure enough uh, the, the kid let another one go and i'm like that was almost loud enough and i shut up and boom board changed we dumped out and as all those kids are going oh i said you talk, you all talk to him. I figured a little student on student vigilante justice was good. So, uh, so I walked away as they started arguing with each other 
about who cost them the board time. Um, And then um, there was another, my first, um, my first time working a game at the convocation center was a WNIT game um, against Villanova, I think. Um, And I was, I was pinch hitting for our legendary PA announcer, Jack Cavanaugh. And as I, as I settle in and I'm doing the pregame reads, I, and I'm nervous. I've been in the building for four hours. I have, I have projectile vomited my entire <laughs> life in the convo on this poor sports information director, Devin Howard. God rest her soul. I love that girl. Uh, she saved me that night. Not the first or last time she saved me in her time at JMU. But that night she listened to me ramble about Jimmy Buffett in 1987. And uh, the first time I ever saw a basketball game at JMU uh, was because um, uh, they played, uh, the women played East Carolina and I knew a girl on East Carolina. She went to Lee and, and bah, 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 and my entire history in the building and lefty and being a drunk student up in the stands for lefty and, Blah, blah, blah. So by the time the game started, I was in regular game speed. I had, was off of fifth gear. I was down in drive. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the convocation. And I roll on. And as I'm going, I keep hearing, and I, my hearing's not all that great. I keep hearing people, the, the murmur of the crowd, and I keep hearing Jack. And I'm like, I wonder what the hell they're talking about. And I'm, you know, and I'm going we got to go and intros and as the game starts the young lady who's doing the music she leans over she's like hey at the first time out the promo host mike he's going to introduce you um you can wave you can stand up whatever you feel comfortable doing i'm like why are we introducing me of all the people let's throw it to the pep band who cares about me i'm not even a regular fixture here well, normally I'm up in my seat because I at the time I didn't work basketball. I would normally be there as a fan who just happens to know everyone working in the building. And and I'm like, why are we? And with that, he comes past me and pats me on the shoulder. Hey, be ready to wave. And I'm like, what are you talking? So sure enough, we get to the timeout. He rolls out. Um, they're setting up behind him to do the Taco Bell thing where the kid rolls himself up as a taco and he goes, hey, by the way, um, Jack Cavanaugh is on vacation tonight. Some of you have asked the RMC folks. We just wanted you to know Jack's fine. He's on vacation. We have James Hickey with us. Uh, you may know him if you've been to a volleyball game, a softball game. He does the Marching Royal Dukes. And at that point, when he says Marching Royal Dukes, of the 5,000 people in attendance, 3,000 of them go, Oh, and it's okay now because I'm not some intruder that knocked Jack out of his chair and sat down. It's okay. I wave. There's light applause. I sit down. I'm like, really? We had to do that? But even that, so so for like the next five minutes in the game, every time I went to hit the button, I was a little taken aback. But then as the game picked up, because and, and I didn't realize I kind of broke the rule that night because at those – the WNIT, you're supposed to call it a little bit more neutral, you know, even though it is, you've, you've won the right to have it on your home floor. You're supposed to keep it a little neutral-ish. And I'm, you know, I'm doing what I do, you know. 
I'm hollering girls' names, hey, three points. And and I'm just, I'm into it. Like everybody at the table smiling. So I figured that was okay. Um, but yeah, so I, so to come all the way back to your question, I, I think we all have it tough. I mean, that everybody, it, the the mechanics are different, but the but the point is the same. You have to be able to talk. You have to be able to go. Um, and if I fall, hell, I fell at a basketball game this year. No one even people thought it was part of the bit. I tripped oh. over one of the ste- one of the steps. You know, it, again, it was our second game at the AUBC. I was still physical comedy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but people thought it was part of the gag, and I and I'm like, and like all of a sudden, the RMC people realize. I'm still sitting on the step and I'm not moving. So like they kind of scurry, are you okay? And no, actually, you know, not only was my ego bruised, but I had managed to bang up my hip and had a nice, ended up with a nice big bruise. And I like, you know, no one told me there was going to be physicality in this deal. Um, But hey, you got to do what you got to do to get the show going. One of these times the lobster is going to run you over. Um. Yeah, the lobster, and it's yeah, it's a it's a love triangle. The lobster, <laughs> the band kids, and me, um, all during it, you know, because of course this year at basketball we brought the food race to the AUBC, um, and immediately the kids in the pet band, who you know ninety eight percent of them are are MRDs, um, they're like, hey, can we wear the lobster? And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I need. It's bad enough when I have an intern wearing the suit at me on a tricycle. I need you, you know, who I, you, you may have had a beverage during this game. I don't need you coming at me with the tricycle in the lobster suit. Um, yeah, the, the lobster and I, uh, we have a long, twisted history. <laughs> well, I want to talk about you're, you know, it's great that, and I enjoy every time I'm at a JMU event or uh, when I've been at a Stanton Braves game in the past when you've been doing the PA. The, but you're a Mets fan, and so I want to talk to you about my love of baseball and your love of baseball. Okay. Um, when are the Mets going to figure it out? Because, no offense, and I'm an Orioles fan, so I don't have much of a leg to stand on, but I keep hearing, this is the Mets year, this is the Mets year. And I just, I don't know. I don't believe it. Do you as a Mets fan believe it? Or are you like me and you just don't believe it anymore when they tell you? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Having lived through, you know, um, when we supposedly had, you know, the rotation of the future in the 90s, <laughs> Bill Pulsifer and those guys, and I lived to, through that. And you have to remember, if you go all the way back, so when – we moved here. That was spring training, 1984. So I had lived through like my, my first game was here. As much of a baseball nerd as I am, my first game at Shea stadium was Joe Torrey's last as Mets manager. I mean, that's, that's how rooted in the deep, dark underbelly. Uh, you know, I lived through George Foster in left field and, we moved just as Doc Gooden uh, emerges on the stage and hasn't found cocaine yet. And, and it's just like, we moved now. And so between 84 
and 91. I got married in 92, but it, from 80, 84 to 91, every time I went home, you know, that was the number one driver of setting my schedule was Mets in town. Is there a homestand? Right. Can I get tickets? And that's back when you had to, like my grandmother would, so my grandmother actually worked there, lived here with us. She'd drive up, she'd do two weeks and then two weeks back here. So she actually had to go to a Ticketron outlet to pick up my tickets weeks in advance. Um, and, and, and so I, you know, I've, I've, I've lived the good, I've lived the bad. So I really don't believe anymore, but I, I have to, A, we get the stink of Fred Wilpon off us and being cheap um, and playing in a stadium that was designed to be Ebbets Field too. Uh, don't get me wrong, I love City Field, love it, been a couple of times, um, but, you know, it's not Shea Stadium. It was a, it's, it was a dump, but it was our dump. Um, so I, I don't believe anymore as much as I'm thrilled about Steve Cohen and I love the investments he's making. Uh, I have to put, I guess I have to put in a, uh, quick bracket right here. Hey, the cats are going to start a fight during this. That's outstanding. Um, quick bracket. Um, in addition to everything else, I am a member of the New York Mets fan advisory social media group. Um, so I am exposed to things, ideas there, ideas they have coming up, this, that, the other, and, and I am allowed to give feedback on that. So really, do I believe in a major league organization that in part takes my feedback? I mean, come on. I mean, (laughs) my feedback counts, um, that just tells you where the organization is, but I'm, I'm, I, and I'm so thrilled about Buck Walter. I, yes. when I, he was with the Yankees, loved him. And then when he went to Arizona and built that thing from the ground up, literally, I, you're picking the uniform colors and stuff, just love Buck. And, and even I was thrilled for you O's when, when he was there, just because I think he's a great baseball mind. And this spring, on social where they've been catching him even I guess when the beat reporters aren't on, but somebody's running video and they're asking him questions. He's just so funny and honest and I, I love having him. So, and, and I feel for you O's people because um, uh, father's day, a couple of years ago, uh, I woke up father's day morning with a burr in my saddle. I wanted to go to a baseball game. So I'm like, I'm checking Salem Red Sox, I'm checking Richmond Flying Squirrels, and the only thing I can find is Baltimore. And I'm like, okay, Andrew's never been to Baltimore. Well, he's been to a, he's actually had been to a concert at uh, Pier 5 Pavilion, but he had never been to the ballpark. Let's do that. So we drive up. I get him in there. Um, Trumbo hits a foul ball that lands to our left and my son who has very little interest in baseball, he spins like a major league shortstop and grabs that foul ball. And awesome. it's a, and it's the father's day ball with the blue stitching. And I'm nice. like, Oh my goodness. Um, in fact, later he gave it to me. I have it. I have it sealed somewhere else, but he's like, you have to have this. I said, okay, I'm not going to argue with you. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, I got the, uh, I, so of course he's a foodie like me and he's an old Bay 
lover like me, like it's a, it's a staple. So I go to the, to get the crab fries and the gentleman in front of me is very abusive to the vendor. And you know, this poor guy is just trying to do his job. And, uh, and I'm looking and I, and I see the skimpiness of the, like he gives him like half a dollop of the crab dip and I'm, I'm, you've gone, you've had them, right? I mean, yeah. when they're, when, well, yeah. So, so, you know, so I walk up to the thing and I'm like, Hey, how you doing? And, and I'm friendly. And the guy just looks at me and smiles. Like it sounds like it was the first kind word he had heard all day. This guy hits the ladle into the crab dip <laughs> and just slathers them. I mean, $32 worth of crab dip on these $10 fries. And then the previous guy, he points at the shakers of Old Bay. No, no, no. This guy reaches down under the counter and pulls out a fresh one for me to pop. I'm not going to have the Old Bay that might be stale. Oh, no, he's making sure I get the whole enchilada. <laughs> so I pour it on extra generously because Andrew, like I said, he loves it more than I do. And, and I thank him, and he thanks me with this huge smile. And I walked back, and I'm pretty sure Andrew became an O's fan that day, just based on the crab fries. So I feel for you all. Um, yeah, it's uh, not great. We were the last team to get no. a win, but we got a win. Yeah. The inverse of your story there, James, is that I was at a Nationals game with my brother-in-law, the only other Mets fan I know, and uh, he's wearing his Mets jersey. They're not playing the Mets. It's, it's Braves Nationals, and he's there in a Mets jersey. And he walk, we walk up to the concession stand, and immediately the, the, the lady just starts shaking her head. She's like, no, no, not dealing with you. And so uh, he probably got that you know, quarter dollop of, of whatever it was that time. Uh-huh. Was he looking to pick a fight? Yeah, I agree. I am, I'm with you on this, James. You don't wear a third team's uniform to a game. No, 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 no. I no, just if that's I'm just, not going to wear a team involved, I wear Hokies, like you know, like right. at a major, you know, I wear my college or something, you know, right. a different entity. Sure, and and I do too. Uh, as often as I I try to get to a Salem Red Sox game, I default to the uh, a softball, a JMU softball college series yeah. shirt, so that I'll get somebody to yell "Go Dukes." While I'm in the beer line, um, right. yeah, that actually happened last summer. He was wearing an Odyssey Alexander T-shirt, and nice. as I'm getting ready to holler, and he holler, he sees me first and hollers back, "Yeah, you don't wear a third team color." No, 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 no. There was that guy last night in the stands at the at the Yankees Red Sox, and he was wearing a Red Sox uniform with a Mets hat. At, yes, at- I saw him, and that was my first thought. <laughs> really, are you trying to get the shiv? I mean, are you really? Looking to get knifed in the men's room. Why would you do that? Well, did yeah, you see the guy the- that had the Ruth jersey and it was half Red Sox, half Yankees? That was another guy. Oh, I was like, both people are no. going to kill you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I had, I know, I've never seen that. I'm glad I didn't see that. Oh, wow. gracious. I think that was on Twitter. Oh, people don't think, they just don't. They really I, don't. I get confused with you sometimes, James, because you, you do your hashtag LGM, and my initials are LGM. So I'm always – I think you're just cheering <laughs> for me. I think you're excited for, for Leland. Well, you know, I, I told you I'm a fan of the podcast, and there you go. Uh, <laughs> and I have to keep it clean, or I would use the Pete Alonzo and insert the F 
it, you know, and, and, which of course he, what I love is when he does it, when he does it as a pre- at a presser or he's talking to the, to the beat writers and that's yeah. how he walks to the shower LFGM and he storms off. <laughs> I'm like, way to go Pete. You know, <laughs> anybody using that, you know, piece for any type of video or any can't use the last four letters. Well, they could, but you know, that they're right. going to get called out for that dude. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is, man. I am rooting for you. That's that. There you go. So on our way out, let's hit you with the question. We ask most every guest we have. I know you're a busy man live on the mic most nights or on the grill. I, maybe, maybe I should be asking you what you're binging on the grill, but uh, answer how you want. What have you been binging lately? Usually we look for TV or movies, but if, if you're really into a certain uh, grilling item, I'll, I'll hear it. Oh, well, um, well, first, and as a regular consumer of my social media, you know it's, it's burgers from Martin's, uh, right. sometimes with the old Bay hot sauce. Uh, that's a, that's a good topping for a nice burger, but no, I've been really into the, um, the winning time, the Lakers thing on HBO. Yeah. I, oh, watch that. I have been enjoying that and I missed it. I missed it this week. So it probably not tonight because I got to get up early in the morning, but at some point this week, I need to catch up on, on Sundays. I have, and I realize magic Johnson has all kinds of beef because he has his own show coming on Apple TV. Magic can shut up. This thing is well written. The cast is fantastic. Um, and I really, you know, like the statement says at the end, you know, some people, you know, it's, it's fictional. It's not intended to be an actual documentary, but you have no problem closing your eyes and seeing Jerry Buss say the things that John C. Riley says as Jerry Buss, it just it comes off so well. Um, that really and and it's funny you hit that because I don't watch a ton of television because um, normally when I get home I'm I'm already swimming and I'm tired of the sound of my own voice. You know I just I I, I typically just go straight to bed. But uh, but yeah, the winning time, loving that. Um, like it. Good recommendation. And then, and then if I'm going classic, um, I like to throw on, especially if I've just stepped away from the grill and I have hot, fresh food and a cold drink, I like to throw on Anthony Bourdain, either no reservations or parts unknown, either of his shows. I catch them on, on demand, uh, because I loved Tony Bourdain. It just, he, uh, uh, a hero of mine, uh, and he'd rolled over in his grave hearing that someone called him a hero. But I just, I, I enjoy everything he did back from the old cooking shows, the first cooking show, the last CNN show. Um, it made me very sad that he, that he chose to check out. So uh, there are times I throw Bourdain on just to, just to get a good chuckle. Awesome. Well, all good recommendations, even the Martin's hamburgers. We appreciate you coming on. We have to get you on again sometime. I know there'll be a lot of stories, and especially if you and Joe are hanging out all summer, he'll probably you'll probably just hit me up one week of like, oh, we just hit a slew of stories. We got to get them on this week. So yeah, we'll, look forward we'll to do that. that. We'll do that late in the season. We'll we'll do a complete recap of the entire <laughs> break season as told from the press box. Um, That'll be good. Good plan. Yeah, and I'm glad I'm going to have someone up there who understands press box rules. Because right now I'm working with college kids, and the other day I had one 
talk about how fast the game was going, and I'm like, you don't no. ever do that. Oh, yeah. Our cameraman, every- our cameraman was doing that the other night, and I was like, look, if this game goes three hours now, I will go down there and I will end you. Like, Yep. <laughs> yep. And that's how we ended up with a double – a double header, both of nine inning softball games. Oh. And, and that's because that kid said, gee whiz. And then yesterday I made the mistake of saying I had a, I had a dinner date, but I was like, this can't happen twice. I'll be the man. I'll break this curse right now. And sure enough, we got out on time. So, uh, so I'm yeah. glad I'll have somebody there to help enforce press box decorum. But I'm, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. I've been looking forward to this. Like ever since we hit, ever since you guys hit me up, I have been so looking forward to this. Yeah. Well, we're glad that well, you so joined we, us. Long, longer than you know, we've been looking forward to it. So that's good. It's, you've been on a spreadsheet for months, maybe even years. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks okay. for coming on, and we look forward to talking to you again. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Again, thanks to James Hickey coming on. That's a long time in the making. That was that was a lot of fun. There was a lot of good stories there. We even got some for the listeners, and we got some stories off air, also good. So uh, you're going to hear from him again. That that there's there's too much uh, good content there to to leave off here. And you guys you guys are going to have a blast this summer. That, I'm I'm I am now jealous of <laughs> of what you're going to have ahead of you here in the summer. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I look forward to it. And thanks again to him for talking to us. We always appreciate any guest that takes time to talk to us. So in the D block, let's talk about the masters. I watched a great deal of it this weekend, um, Thursday and Friday, as I predicted with tiger playing, I was glued. Um, I watched a lot Saturday and Sunday too. And tiger fell off because it was still interesting. Even with Scheffler kind of winning, going away, I was still very interested, very likable guy. I liked his approach, very solid golfer. Um, but he, and just, I like watching the top players play and he's came into this rank number one. He's kind of on this initial tear of a, of playing golf. That's really impressive. So I, you know, as much as I say, I like to watch tiger and I want to watch the best ever and, and tiger is, uh, I, you know, it's, it's interesting what Scheffler's doing right now and seeing what he can keep up and, and maybe he's going to be on some kind of impressive run. It's hard to say some kind of tiger run, but some kind of impressive run. I want to be watching it. So I'll be watching the other majors to see if he can stay up there. Um, but it was fun to watch. Um, Masters is, is, is always so pretty to watch. It's the be- it, I don't know if it's always marks the beginning of spring, but you definitely know it's spring when <laughs> the Masters are on because uh, it, it's just so pretty down there. Uh, the fun moment I had down the stretch watching there was watching Rory and uh, uh, Morikawa. They both um, chipped in on 18 right, right when uh, – Scheffler was coming down. I think he was like on 16 about the time that this happened. And it, that was a fun little moment and seeing Rory chip it in. And then Marikawa, he goes over there and he's going to chip it in. The first camera shot they show is Rory reacting positively and like happy that he did it too. I, I like that moment. Um, and and it, it showed kind of the difference in golf. These guys are competing against each other, but especially in a moment like that where Rory's already hold the hold in there. He's cheering on his friend. He's cheering out another guy. And a lot of these guys are friends, even though, you know, if they're playing against each other heads up, they want to beat them. But uh, it's fun to watch. So I I love everything about the Masters and enjoyed it this weekend and and watched a ton of it. Even kind of 
skipped out of some of the stuff I should have been doing Friday afternoon and, and then had to, you know, turn the computer back on uh, late night on Friday <laughs> to pick back up what I needed to. Uh, but hey, it's the Masters. You, you had to do it. And the, the good thing about it, I talked to my boss about the Masters today and uh, I told him exactly what I did. And he's like, great, good. <laughs> yeah. Watch time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did not watch a lot of the Masters. I was in a fantasy Masters thing that did not go well because all of my golfers stunk. Dustin Johnson had a good first round, but after that, it was kind of not great. He was my top guy that I had any money on. Um, and yeah, that didn't go well. Um, none of it went well, and I didn't watch it. I was busy this weekend. Scheffler, I considered betting on, and I distinctly thought he's won like three of the last four tournaments. I was like, no, there's no way he can keep this up. So there, there you go. There's mm-hmm. my expert golf. That would have been a lot of money too. That's too bad. <laughs> so what uh, is it? We've got another Disney movie this week. Yeah. Hercules. Uh, we watched Hercules. I, you don't sound excited about it. Um, it's Okay. Um, I like the Greek mythology storyline that they have. If I'm going to get nitpicky, a couple things. And they're mostly at the end, so spoiler alert if you haven't seen Hercules by now. Too bad. Um, When Hercules goes through, like, the river of death or whatever, right? Doesn't die because... Oh, he's become a god. Why does Hades at the end just get sucked down in the river of death? He's a god. That's my yeah. question. Um, yeah, another question. Hercules. Only you, Mr. Darth Vader, is actually the good guy, would be worried about the mistreatment of Hades. No, Hades is the bad guy. I'm right about Darth Vader. Um, But... <laughs> Oh, you're not. Then, then another one at the end, when Hercules chooses to be with Meg at the end, he then has to become mortal. Why can't he be a god that just lives on Earth until, you know, whatever, and then he goes back up to Olympus? I didn't understand that. I think they got a little bit away from their Greek mythology there, and that's why you're struggling. So where's it rank? Because I don't have anything positive to say. I'm not going to turn. Wow. I like some of the music in there. I thought they did some good songs. That that period of time there, I just feel like they put out these Disney movies that I just, I, I still haven't grabbed a hold of. There, I have not gone back mm. and liked any of those through that stretch. This is going to be tough. Lilo and Stitch, I'm not for. God, well, why would you be? Emperor's um, New Groove. Sucks. Uh, Hunchback. Bad. Hercules. I good. Just, none of um, who it's a real debate on whether it falls before or after Tangled. Oh, it's after Tangled. <sighs> Tangled know. is better than this. Mm. The songs are better for Tangled. That bar scene alone in Tangled easily puts it up past. I'll allow it. So it's going to be in at number five then, right behind Tangled. Before Raya. Before Raya and the Last Dragon. And that's really because Raya and the Last Dragon didn't have any music. Well, they all don't have to. Yeah, I mean, they do. (laughs) It's Disney. I mean, give me a musical. Come on. 
Also teach the kids something. That's what I liked about Hercules. There was a lot of Greek mythology being taught there. Best yeah, song. If they would have followed it a little bit better, it might have helped. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, fair. Uh, I mean, that's my thing. I went, no, I took Latin, like, right after this Hercules cartoon came out. And that's probably what it hurts is that my Latin teacher would just tear, tore it apart. Like, I, I, how wrong the movie is just got explained to me instantly, you know, within a year after it came out. So, yeah, it's just, it's not there. Yeah. I mean, I thought they touched enough on key elements of it to be okay. I noticed Hercules' mom, we never say who that is. I couldn't pick out who that was. It's not Athena. It's not Aphrodite. It's just some yeah. nameless person. Or nameless goddess that's up there. Let's see if they put it in the cast and I just missed it. It wasn't Hera? Oh, maybe. Okay. Let's move it on. I, I actually I'm I don't. I'm not calling yeah. enough and saying. So. That might be right. I'm, I might just be dumb. But yeah. Um, yeah, I would say my favorite song in that, though, and this is, you know, a, a lot of good songs in that, in my opinion, but I won't say I'm in love, I think. There's the shoo-wop, shoo I like that. I thought the the song was good. The singers in that were great. Um, big fan. Do we have a preview of what movie you're aiming for next week? No. Might take a week okay. off. Because Billy Joel just did his 50, 50 years of Piano Man. And so... He, do you Billy, think of Patrick Heights, uh, um, uh Bruce Springsteen breakdown the other day? Did I see it? Yeah, I sent it to you. <laughs> if you did, I didn't know. Uh, I, I, I Facebook messaged you uh, on Facebook. He was like waiting in the car or something. So he, and he was listening to the radio. And he came up with Bruce Springsteen like top five. And I, I was just waiting for you to slam him. Oh, no, I must have missed it. Um, I'll have to go back and look at that. Um, no, but Billy Joel has released 50 Years of Piano Man, and there's 50 songs. Now, if this is Billy Joel's top 50, I there's already one on there that I was like, that's the worst song he's ever written. Um, but it's number 122 on my list. But um, I got to look into it more in depth, and then reevaluate my top 50 and see, you know, cause it's been a few years since we've done that. See who's right. Yeah. Well, I'm right, but see, <laughs> see where my top 50 is and see how similar they are. Right, I don't think do he's think? ranked his, I don't think they're ranked on like the but track there list. Is 50. There's 50 of them on there. I just need to see how many of my top 50 match, how many of his top 50. But if 122 is in there, that's, that's obviously not in line. So. No, Maybe. yeah, there's one. Yeah, at most we have forty nine. I want you to review his fifty, and then I want it. I want a letter prepared. No, because with my handwriting, he's definitely going to think a child wrote it, and then I'm going to have the embarrassment of being the thirty three year old man who meets him, and he's going to be like, "I thought I was meeting like an eight year old kid." That's a storyline on Friends in an episode. So. Well, that show's terrible. Um, and that tells you why I won't do it then. Um, I, that show's not funny. Can we disagree? Uh, no, I, I, it's you're just you hit it at the wrong time. I don't tell you. Yeah, it doesn't age yeah. well. I tell you that it, it it's probably it hit me at the wrong time because I like comedy and unfortunately well, not everyone. The does. early seasons are are just fine. It's the late seasons that are bad, but a lot of shows have that. Mm. What do you know that I need to know? 
It's getting to the nitty gritty time in hockey. In the East, playoff time? When uh, did they start the end of the month, end of May, actually. Um, So we kind of know who the teams are going to be in the playoffs in the East. It's just a question of where they're going to be seated. Right now, the Washington Capitals would be the last wild card team in, and they would have to play the Florida Panthers in the first round. That is dead on arrival. That is, if you're lucky, the Panthers are gentlemen about the sweep, but probably not because the Washington Capitals at time could have no goalie back there and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. So if the Florida Panthers and the Washington Capitals match up, I will bet the Florida Panthers to score over five and a half in every single game by themselves. That means I think the Florida Panthers would score six goals or more against the Washington Capitals in every single playoff game. Um, The Toronto Maple Leafs, that's who you want if you're the Caps. But you've got to have probably, you want to get up to that three seed actually. So you want the Rangers because the Maple Leafs aren't going to be a team you get. Ooh, Capitals Rangers. That'd be a that's that's who you want. I although the Hurricanes have been sliding lately, that would be an interesting matchup if you can get the Hurricanes. But you want to be that three seed. You do not want to be the wild card that has to go play the Florida Panthers. If that if you are the second wild card in, you are toast. The Tampa Bay Lightning and the Boston Bruins are battling for the three seed in the Atlantic. It's the Penguins and the Caps battling for the three seed in the Metropolitan. The losers of those will be the wild cards in the playoffs. In the West, it's a little more interesting. The Avalanche, they're they're in. They're great. They're gold. That was my team last year. Am I, am I, am I going to get them to win this year? Uh, it would look like they are a heavy favorite. Great. The Wild and the Blues will probably be the second and the third team from the Central Division in the playoffs. Then when you're looking Blues at... The Blues are destined for an early, early exit. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Um, when you're looking at wild cards, it's between the Nashville Predators and the Dallas Stars in the Central. Mm-hmm. That's going to be an absolute race. Now, technically, both of those teams could make it if they beat out the Vegas Golden Knights, which, if the season ended today, they have. Um, the Knights are going to come on strong. They're going to get that spot. I don't know. I, Vegas is so up and down this year. They've been interesting. They're on a hot streak right now. The Predators, I just think the Predators are going to fold because that's what they always do is choke. So I think the Predators are going to be the odd team out. I think Dallas gets in. I think Vegas gets in. I think the Kings, Oilers, and Flames are in. In the West, I actually think if the Colorado Avalanche don't get it done this year, you fire your coach because that team is way, way too good in my opinion, to not be in the Stanley Cup Finals. That's why I'm on them. That's why I knew. I like Colorado, Florida. Okay. And Colorado gets it done. But we'll see. When the playoffs get here, I'll have I might have a different answer. But I'm with I'm I'm riding Colorado again. Well there you go. That's what I know that you need to know. There you go. Uh I I wanted to hit on this. I know it's Homer as can be but I went to the ring ceremony for Riverheads for the football team and something hit me kind of during it. And, and sure Riverheads has had plenty of these, especially for the football team, but they've, they've won a lot in recent years, but there have been other state champions. We know Stanton soccer. We know um, the cheerleading and Stewart's draft. We've had a lot of state champions in the area. 
And I was telling my daughter during this, like, this is a big deal. Like all these high schools in the state and all these different sports and, and they, each one of them set out with a goal of, of winning. And only so many of them can, you know, there's the six divisions or whatever, but like, it's a big deal to get to that highest winning spot. And for these young kids to put in the work that it takes to do that. Cause everybody wants to win. Everybody wants a banner on the wall, but the coach, the phrase that coach Castro says all the time, I, he said it on our radio. I, I think he's said it on the podcast. Um, and he says it all the time when I played and when these kids play is that everybody wants to win. Not everybody wants to do the work that it takes to win. And I just think that's a, a great little lesson. And when he said that in his, you know, when coach Castro was talking up there um, and he said that I, I kind of nudged her. I was like, that's, that's a, something to learn here. And I just, I don't know. I just wanted to highlight as, as, you know, used to think that people at Riverheads have gotten used to having ring ceremonies, having nine of them now and, and six in a row. It doesn't lessen how impressive it is each and every single one of them is. And this one is so impressive. And everybody relates it to winning six in a row and having the 50 straight games. But it's, it's just this is impressive that this group of guys did that this year. And, 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 it, and what it's going to lead into is, is guys that have never lost a football game playing on in the fall. I mean, that's what we're going to be calling Riverheads games this fall, and no one on that roster will have lost a, a football game in their varsity career. And that's, that's so impressive. But it, you just can't take away this, that, that accomplishment for this team and, and as an example for all these other state championship teams we've had in the area. It's, just, it's so impressive when these local, local teams can, can do that. And a lot of these schools are small, especially Riverheads, but – even class two and class three schools, they're not that big. And you're still, you know, fighting to get kids out there and, and get enough players to play and then commit and, and do what it takes to win. And, and it's a very impressive when any of these state championship teams are able to do that. So I just wanted to drive that point home. Um, what do you have playing for Easter? I'm going home this weekend. Nice. Now, are you hunt for eggs? Does the Easter bunny... Make it by your house, or we'll see. I don't know. That furry goof, I don't know. See, the furry goof used to, when I was growing up, he'd hide eggs inside. But um, at this house that we live out here, actually both houses we've lived at since we've been married, that the Easter Bunny has hid the eggs outside. So we're kind of watching the weather to see if the Easter Bunny's going to be able to do that, um, you know, during the nighttime or when it, whenever it magically happens. So I'm, I'm anxious to see what comes of that because it could kind of change the, the usual flow of Easter morning at the McRae house if that bunny, you know, is scared to hide those eggs outside. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, look, bunnies don't like to get wet. And that's just a fact. So I would imagine well, the Easter bunny is going to be. Included. Are you saying the Easter bunny is not going to come if it's raining? I'm just saying he might not do it outside. I mean, he might have the umbrella. He might have him inside. Yeah. I think he needs to come inside. So. Yeah, I always enjoy Easter. It's it's. Good... I would think your kids are probably safe on the Easter Bunny list. Me, I don't know. I don't know about Arlo. Well, <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know. But yeah, no, me, I don't know. I don't know if the Easter Bunny's going to make it around this year. He, like I said, well, he I'm might not have. You. He might not have appreciated some of the takes on you know, like Roy Williams probably could get fired or. Even though that wasn't this year, he's probably still remembering it. So, yeah, or he or she—I yeah. don't know. Easter Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're going home, um, and that should be good for you. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this weekend. So, 
it's always a nice weekend. I guess I'll have a lot of social interactions this weekend, but two good meals on Sunday is always a, a highlight. I get that most holidays, but you know, Thanksgiving, I have to, I do like the, the one o'clock meal and the five o'clock meal Christmas. We spread them out on days, but Easter is another one of those double deckers. So I like when I hear what we're having ahead of time at the two households and they're not the exact same. I'm always very appreciative of that. So, right. And it's, there's no like saving up. There's no like, I'll eat less at the first one so I can eat more at the second. No, it's, I hammer both and, you know, maintain my figure. Yeah. I was disappointed there's not an F1 race, but I got that this last weekend. So, not enough what? There wasn't an F1 race on Easter. It wasn't an F1 race. Okay. That was, hey, that was this past this weekend, but that's okay. Two straight weeks of the podcast, not, not hammering it. You know, I will, I will seed a little bit here that I, I do hear the general increased interest in F1. That It's because I, of that show. I'm acknowledging that I might have to actually grab hold of this a little bit so I'm at least aware. Because, like, I, I want to be aware. And as much as I talk down about soccer, like, there are certain aspects I pull in um, just enough so I can hang on. But this F1 stuff, I know zero. And anything you've said to me about F1, I, I don't know what you've said. I don't, yeah, you I'm don't trying to I'm trying to think up jokes and ways to – poke at you what you're saying i think i'm gonna have to start listening i think i might either watch the show or watch a little bit of something so at least i have some awareness because it's it's getting real would, like the coverage is increasing mm-hmm. uh there's in, increased investment like i think i'm gonna need to know about it yeah there's more and more races in america happening which i think is gonna only help grow the sport but i i would definitely recommend the show first i think once you watch the show like you'll understand like basics and you'll understand like the team rivalries the teams yeah. And then this year, the the added thing with that has kind of thrown everything up in the air a little bit has been they've changed the car and the regulations on the cars. So basically, the teams are having to go back in and rebuild cars under new regulations. And Ferrari is doing very well at that right now. Mercedes is trying to catch up. But yeah. Um, anyway, that will do it for us on this week's episode of the exports podcast make sure you're subscribing on podbean apple podcasts spotify google podcasts however you get podcasts subscribe to the yak sports podcast you can find us on twitter at yak sports pod we're on facebook yak sports pod or you can email us yak sports pod at gmail.com let us know what you think and we will hopefully remember to reply to you um jeff wright i don't think he commented tonight we uh, we probably have something we need to comment right now on Oh, yeah. He talked about the Nationals. Lerner family is looking to sell the Nationals. Mm -hmm. And when uh, Jeff Wright realized it wasn't Dan Snyder looking to sell it, it was a Washington team not named uh, the football team that was going to sell. He was mad. So I I understand that. Understand. There's our response, Jeff. (laughs) I understand. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the football team or the Nationals. Um, I do think. Like some of the people that were like, "Oh, good. That means whoever the new owner is will sign, re-sign Juan Soto." Uh, I don't know. You're going to – this is the thing. MLB owners say they don't make any money until it's time to sell a team, and then all of a sudden this is a super profitable exclusive club, and you have to pay a lot of money to get into it. Um, yeah. And when that happens, are they going to have enough money to then re-sign someone who turned down over $300 million this last offseason? I don't think so. I think Juan I mean, Soto is as good as gone. There's a lot of money going to be coming to that franchise because – they're not that far removed from a World Series championship. They're in D.C. I know that's not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's going to cost a lot of money to buy it. 
I'm just saying, but, I don't, after they buy it, are they going to have enough money to then yeah. pay Juan Soto? I don't know. If it's Bezos. <laughs> Is Bezos interested in an MLB team? I don't know. I know he's interested in NFL teams, but I don't know if he's interested in MLB teams. I mean, it's pocket change. It's a dying sport that's killing itself. So He, he thinks he can save anything. He's going to have to get rid of Rob Manfred. But, again, that'll do it for us on the Exports Podcast. We'll be back next week to talk more Augusta County high school sports and local professional and college sports that you care about as well. Until then, folks, have a great week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.